sweaty greetings, heathens and heretics. Um, welcome to another moist episode. Um, an extra one this week, because we're reviewing Corey Taylor's new solo album, CMFT2, the f- imaginatively titled follow-up to CMFT in 2020. Um, myself, Voice of Reason, and uh, and Bean with no hat, because we fancied having two cents on this. So, evening, gentlemen. Are we uh, moist and warm? Moist and warm sums it up perfectly. <laughs> I want to die. <laughs> it's like goths in the sun, isn't it? It's, it's not good. It ain't good. It really isn't. But uh, it's Sunday night, so I think we've got one more day to suffer, and then we can we can go back to complaining that it's not warm enough. So, um, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, fucking um, right, Corey Taylor. So, like I said, this is the follow up to 2020 CMFT. Uh, which I actually really liked, to be fair. I thought it was a really enjoyable mix of sort of classic rock and a bit of heavy metal, pop, hip-hop, all sorts. Um, a couple of absolutely great songs. I managed to pick it up on vinyl really cheap as well, which is um, which is a bonus. So follow-up then, first initial thoughts. What uh, what do we think before we sort of get into the nitty-gritty, as it were? Yeah. I think like before we get into the nitty gritty, it's worth saying, I, I feel like I'm coming into this one completely blind because I, I didn't listen to the to the first um, solo album. And to, like, to be completely honest, I think like what Corey's done with Slipknot, I um, I don't know much about. Like I, I, I was, you know, big into Slipknot when they first came out and kind of lost the way. I haven't really followed Stone Sour didn't listen to the solo album so for me this is like coming in fresh yeah and i i, I have to say literally exactly the same because <laughs> i mean like I, said, I love slipknot for two albums like the third lost interest after that never never got into stone sour um didn't even know he'd done a, a solo album a couple of years ago so this is like, like i say completely blind yeah and no, no, like none of that is like any shade on slipknot or anything like that no. you know they're just one of those bands that i just I, I just didn't go down the road with them you know i just didn't follow the their careers similarly with stone sour i think doing a little bit of reading on this album i was surprised at how many stone sour albums there are uh yeah, they're quite know, a long career didn't they i've never really been a fan of them either but yeah they've 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 been busy i think is the the word over the years isn't it yeah yeah you know, so um, but look, I think the, the the solo albums it kind of for me it gives him a chance to just do his own thing, what he wants to do. Done it obviously, I mean, you know, it's a solo album. That's the whole point. But um, it, it Stone Sour for me, I, you know, the bits I've heard they, they they've never really done it for me that much. A few decent songs, but largely fairly middle of the road. But like I said, I really enjoyed the first solo album. There's one song in it in particular called Samantha Samantha's Gone, which is just a really great pop rock song. And it's one of the best kind of things like that I've heard in recent years. So he, he's, he's, he can, the man can definitely write songs. And I think this album kind of follows that up really well. So what do we think of it then? But you two gone into it blind voice of reason, Slipknot fan of days gone by and whatnot. what do you think of it? Um, I was admittedly very surprised how much I wanted to listen to it again. There you go. Straight up. Yeah. Um, really I, easy going, I, isn't it? I, 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 I wasn't expecting that. I suppose I was expecting something that sounded, you know, Slipknot or Stone Sour, but maybe not quite as, 
you know, not quite as aggressive, but what we've got is, you know, an album with some very good courses and, you know, some very good melodies um, and a real confidence and assurance. So, you, you know, you'd expect from someone like Corey at this point, but it, it doesn't sound like a one-man project. It sounds like a band mm. who, who, who are at the top of their game. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'd agree with, like, I was surprised. So I came into it and, like, I think the first couple of tracks kind of, like, the first track, I think, it, you know, it's just a bit of an intro and it's it kind of, it reminded me of what a great voice Corey has. Um, and for me, that the first time I ever really understood that, I really was sort of exposed to what, what a great voice he has, like singing voice, I suppose I should say, is there's a there's some footage of him recording with Dave Grohl when Dave Grohl was doing one of his um, studio projects, I think the Sound City project or something like that. And um, there's a clip in there of um, of Corey singing. And I remember thinking, fucking hell, the guy's, the guy's got some pipes, you know, really can sing. Um, I, I think then the album, as the album goes on, I think the first, like, proper track on the album post-traumatic blues is a bit of a lulling you into a full sense of slipknot i think just like you said and it's like it's it's slipknot but not quite as heavy and then track three and four we get hit with what i think is kind of the 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 template of the rest of the album which is this kind of it's a rock and roll record you know it's this kind of very la rock and roll um i was kind of thinking of buck cherry and bands like that you know that's yeah that's sort of initially where it hits me you know you've got this this big driving rocker of a track that comes in um kind of also reminded me of the stuff that like like skid row almost yeah yeah talk, talk sick that that third track i mean I'm, I'm straight away thinking it's the guns and roses track it's yeah. it's all of that kind of stuff it's got a bit of that sleaze and that kind of bite to it but um yeah no i, I get what you're saying there and then and then just as you said hits you with those choruses i mean that's the i think this, the two things that on the first listen that struck out for me is those massive choruses like proper mm -hmm. sing along turn it you know you'd be driving along in the car you turn it up because they're 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 that big and then the other thing is guitar solos there's just guitar solos all over this record um and i like i just imagine the conversation kind of going you know asking Corey like where where do you want the guitar solos and him just saying yes <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know I, I completely agree with that i mean yeah talk sick was the first one that jumped out to me as well it's just like you said it's just a proper old school rocker it, it, you know the kind of thing that we like big choruses not changing the wheel just just does what it does on the tin kind of thing but um coming after that though you've got this song breath of fresh smoke which is almost almost like countryfied pop yeah, and that kind of that sort of that's what sets the tone of the album for me is that it goes from one to the other, and the first album is very similar. Mm. It's yeah. lots of mix of lots of different styles, so I think he he's clearly got he's got an arsenal of a variety to offer, and he's not just a metal songwriter. He's got all sorts on the go, and and it's it's all these things that make him I think a really likable character, which makes his music easier to listen to. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I think that's kind of evident from the, the first track, the box as well. Yeah, um, it's got that. You know, I was, you know, I was thinking like, yeah, this is 
this is the Bon Jovi blaze of glory kind of um, thing going on. And, you know, that's fine. That's fine. You know, if you can do that and do that kind of thing well, fair play to you. And he does. Um, and you do need that to break things up. If you're going to do a sort of a hard rock record, you can't, you know, just be sort of one one dimensional big choruses. You want you want that um, slower parts because um, they always fit. And yeah, I mean that works very well. Same as, as Sorry Me later on. There's um there's another one in there. Um, we are the rest, which is another which is a bit more. Again, it's got a massive chorus. Being like you said, this it's all the way through this album, but it's it's almost a bit more punky. This one, there's a there, yeah, it's got a punk that moment in the album. It kind of it's that sort of snotty part. I'll tell you what I thought of when I was listening to this song. It could it could sit on like the soundtrack to Return of the Living Dead or something like that. It's got that real sort of snotty punkish, like LA punkish vibe to it. There's a there's a couple of tracks on this that that for me are like soundtrack songs, like the one before it, Beyond. You know, it's almost got this AOR um, rock sound about it. You know, this is like this, the uh, you know, there's a generation I think of musicians that kind of grew up listening to those bands, you know, like, I don't know, like Meatloaf, um, Peter Frampton, you know, all these kind of big 70s rock acts, Journey, stuff like that. Especially That's, in America. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that is coming through. I think that was the real curveball for me when the album starts going off in that direction. You've got these real kind of almost, yeah, like Journey, AOR, like, um, kind of setups for some of these songs they're backed up with these amazing choruses but um yeah we are the rest definitely i i, I could i see that on a film soundtrack yeah see that that was an interesting one for me because again i i don't i certainly don't disagree what you with what you said and it, and it stands out differently but for me it almost sounded like to begin with the wild hearts trying to do pop punk um it just yeah i don't know those are the vibes i was getting for from it so um but i suppose if you, if you think of a certain parts of american punk that that is kind of a a, a summary you, you mentioned the wild hearts actually that's it's not a bad shout there's 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 a little bit of that the the more classic rock wild hearts kind of stuff over the years that's that is in the mix i don't know if he's a fan or not i wouldn't be surprised if he is but it's um that it is that those infectious hooks that you you know you love about those bands bands like the Wild Hearts it is all the way through this album and this is why I encourage people to listen to the debut as well because it's 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 all in there. It's it's the sublime choruses. Yeah. That's what it is, I suppose. I mean, I think Starmate that's a that's a big one if we're talking choruses. How many times have we talked about it though? Choruses, great songs. If you got the hooks, yeah. you you you're almost you've nailed it really because. Yeah. That's that's half the battle. There's there's great stuff that we hear across various different genres, and you've got you know you, you might hear great riffs and great solos, but if there's not if the songs and the choruses aren't there, it just isn't the fucking same. And this uh, album's uh, got it in um got it in droves. There's one there's one other song I want to talk about. Someday I'll change your mind, which is very <laughs> much a ballad, um, but it sounds like it could be in a fucking Disney film. This, I uh, yeah, I I think this. <laughs> Do you know what I've written down? I've written the word glee. Yeah, uh, yeah same, yeah, same, same <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, there was certainly, you know, a couple of times I listened to it, I thought, this is a good song, but I don't know whether to be cynical about this or not, because it almost sounds like, you know, this this is the radio hit. This is the daytime radio. Yeah. yeah. Get it, get a hit, get it. And, and he doesn't need that, to be fair, but 
he's done it. Um, and I think it was better. On first listen, I was a bit suspect, but on second, it was a bit, it felt much more organic. But yeah, it, it's, it really is, you know, you, you say Glee, I say that's, that's the, um, you know, that's the, that's the final episode of the OC where yeah. the, two, the two lovebirds get together after being split up for ages or something. It's got that sort of American kind of TV. There are so many songs on this album where you can, you like in my mind's eye, I could see kind of drama happening like on the screen. And I just imagine it as a soundtrack to either a film or, or, or you know, a TV show or something like that. But yeah, this track in particular, I, I don't know, really kind of doubles down on that. Um, there's a line in it where he, he says, like, the best days of my life. And it, and just the cadence of the voice completely reminds reminded me of, like, the, the Brian Adams song, you know. And I just thought, yeah, that's that's where it is. It, it's it, it's, you know, it's radio-friendly it. rock. And I don't know, I mean, are they going to release it as a single kind of thing? Because that is the kind of song that honestly could get to number one, even in the UK. I, I think it's got single written all over it. It yeah. really, you know, yeah. they, they yeah, need to promote the absolute fuck out of it because there's no reason why it couldn't do well. Yeah. You know, it's got, you know, I can see dads and mums, you know, who don't listen to this kind of stuff, absolutely loving it. There's a lot, right? See, there's a lot of cheese on this album. I, like, <laughs> I will say that. But it leads me to the thought that, like, I think he gets away with things that, like, lesser bands wouldn't. And I think a lot of that comes from his charisma. He's got this kind of roguish charisma that is sort of infused in all the music. And it, it for, for my mind, anyway, it means he can get away with things that I think maybe others couldn't. Um, you know, I'm thinking, just going back slightly, um, Breath of Fresh Smoke, for example, that's a track that in lesser hands could come across a little bit. Like, I don't know. Am I allowed to say Nickelback on this podcast? <laughs> we haven't banned it yet, but okay. Well, look, I'm just we'll using that as a, reference, a point of reference. But you know, you could hear a band like Nickelback doing it, and just you know, and reaching for the for the the volume knob just to turn it down or switch the channel or whatever. <laughs> but I, he gets away with it. You know, I find myself enjoying it. It's just got this kind of laid back, kickback, you know, country vibe, as you said, and it just sits on the right side of things it just sits on the right side credible do you think it's do you think the word you mentioned there is charisma and do you think that's what makes the difference like you talk about nickelback and for all their success charisma is one thing that band does not <laughs> in the slightest so <laughs> you know the fact that Corey taylor's got bags of it and if, if i'm perfectly honest with you he's probably one of the best front men of of this current generation of the last 20 years because he you know as a front well, man for slipknot you got a band he, like that that carry off that kind of chaos, and and you got this leader at the front of it. He does that better than anybody out there, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that, you know, I would say at this point, but I mean, even though maybe their albums have been a bit sort of spaced out, you got to, you've got to say that Slipknot are the twenty first century metal act. Yeah, and he's yeah. the front man, so you know, you, you'd, you'd expect him to take something away with him. Um, and he's always been able to sing. We know that. I mean, yeah. you know, we all we we always sometimes it got away with it, sometimes it didn't. But yeah, as, as you said earlier, Bean, he's got he's got the vocals, and I, and I wonder if he's been adding maybe more tuition there because he sounds like it sounds like he's been doing this specific kind of thing for a lot longer than than he has. You know, because he's normally right. 
friends mm-hmm. a lot more. He, he retains that that just that gritty edge, which gives him a little bit of something yeah. more than just clean singing, like just clean radio singing. That with with the right technology, you can achieve with anybody kind of thing. You oh, know, yeah, like going back to the metalcore days and the token clean singing. You know, it, right. it just, it's still got a, it, it still just sounds like his voice. It's never it's never completely clean, is it? He always has this kind of vocal fry going on where there's yeah. just, just a little bit of sandpaper in there, um, which is great. I love it. Yeah. Love it. I yeah. think, you know, you've got a track near the end, the penultimate track, like All I Want Is Hey, which, yeah, he's, he, he's more like the Corey Taylor that we know in terms of vocals. You know, that's, yeah, that's the, the, yeah. Yeah, it's the most up. aggressive but one, and it? it's the closest. It is. To sort of, yeah. yeah. But, it, but it's, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's more, way more old school metal than Slipknot ever were. Yeah. In terms of, you know, the riff style and the aggression. So, yeah, it, it kind of, it, it, it's it's almost like we've got to get that in before the end of the album. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it should have been halfway through, for example. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's there. Um, so it, just, it just, you know, it should be. I think yeah. solo albums can be very self-indulgent. And, and in a weird way, his two solo albums are quite self-indulgent that he's, he's indulging himself that this is what he wants to do. But yeah. I don't what, you know, self-indulgence, like being said, it's, it just makes you reach, turn it off, turn it down, whatever. But self-indulgence like this, this is the album he wants to write because he's got the right to do that. He's at that point in his career where he can do these albums. I, I think there's a breath of fresh air to that, that he's doing what he wants to do, enjoying it, and just yeah. putting it out there and, and whatever happens, happens. And and like you said, he's got potential hit singles. Yeah, he doesn't over egg it either. I think it, no. there are some there are certain songs where you know it might be quite a departure to what you might expect from someone like Corey Taylor, but he doesn't like he keeps them short. Um, he doesn't overuse any ideas, you know, like a track like Sorry Me. I was kind of listening to it thinking, right, it's gonna go one way or the other. Any minute now, there might be these big kind of over-the-top drums coming in and then it just goes off into this big orchestral section at the end. And he doesn't. He just keeps it very laid, stripped down, laid back, just him and an acoustic guitar with a few embellishments throughout. And then and then the song just kind of comes to a conclusion and that's it. And it moves on. And it, it, it there's something quite, um, you know, you talk about, ideas being used and indulging you kind of uh, you know indulging in your ideas there is something quite scrapbooky about the way that it's put together you know the songs do um change style using different ideas and i quite like that he sort of visits different places doesn't spend too much time in 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 those places can brings it back does something that you're familiar with then takes off on, a, on another idea um it's a journey it's cool i like you know i like it there are yeah. a couple I mean, of songs on the album that I think are, are like sort of 17, 18 years old. They're really old tracks that he's sort of redone to put on this album. So, yeah, there, there is probably is an element of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that last track, Dead Flies, which, I mean, for me, it starts with a 90s Megadeth riff. Right. Uh, and, That's... yeah, and, and then it goes in sort of, a, you know, a very a grungy sort of tone. Um, but you've got, you got that sort of, you know, 90s anthemic rock chorus. Uh, and it's a really good way to close the album. I I think that's one of the strongest tracks. There are two standout tracks for me, um, and that is one of them, Dead Flies, and the other is Punchline, which we haven't talked about, which is a really kind of, it's to, sort of in the final third of the album, really solid, but live, it's going to be incredible. It just, it 
it's a mid-tempo track so it has that power it just kind of holds it you know holds you in this really sort of um solid place but then it sort of explodes at the end with this like staccato double bass drum thing and like a double time chorus at the end and just takes off and flies it's a great track yeah i yeah i completely agree i think we need to um we need to recognize the fact that on this album Corey taylor himself is plays lead guitar rhythm guitar piano and even fucking mandolin plays himself on this album so you know he he he, he does sort of he fills ticks every box doesn't he he's, he's got the lot sickening really fair play to him you know. <laughs> and he and i don't know if you two are aware but he was on um fucking sunday brunch a few weeks ago on channel four Oh, he was. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I need to. Get on for it with the <laughs> That's when you know yeah, you've but... made the mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can I can see him actually get get you know doing that quite well and you know. But he's a character and he's likable, isn't he? And like you said, he's yeah. full of charisma. So he, he yeah yeah he's always going to be good value for that kind of thing, and that comes through on this album. So you know, um, yeah. So look, overall, what do we think then? You know, is it a is is it a potential vinyl purchase? Because there is some nice vinyl out. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, it's not only a vinyl purchase for me, but I'm I'm about at some point in the next couple of months when I actually like get enough weekends free to <laughs> to do stuff. I'm going to buy my first car in over twenty two years, and this is a driving album. This will get yeah, a lot yeah, of play yeah, yeah, when yeah, I drive. Completely up the m2 for the first time in, in a long time myself <laughs> so so yeah um i do i do want to say though i have one bugbear about this album go on gotta have one that's, that's the album cover yeah it's, yeah it's possibly not great yeah I, I really don't like i just don't think look i'm not i'm not saying it should be a, like a you know some sort of motorbike or biker gang insignia you know some sort of like dusty acoustic guitar cowboy vibe going on but for me that's i'd expect an album cover like that from some hipster funk mm. post-hardcore band trying to be super duper cool in you know on, on for the blogs no I mean, he, he's explained the album cover as being a tribute to his career like his varied yeah. career with these different characters on you know on the cover representing the, all the different faces of his career and stuff like that fair enough but yeah i mean it's not it's not my favorite no, but it's um, if if that's the only gripe you can have with an album, then I think we'll do yeah. all right. Sure, sure. I I think you know it's it's interesting you say it's a driving album because I completely agree. For me, it's uh, it is it's like an album that's good to put on when you're doing something, you know. So it's like you're driving or you're at the barbecue or whatever or getting ready to go out and and do. It's just got that energy of getting kind of g'd up for something. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree, and I, I think the more I listen to it, it's it, it could potentially sneak into my sort of top twenty for the year because sometimes you just need an album that you can just enjoy, and you it's don't overthink horses. it, and it's just got great songs. So, what more do yeah. you need? I, I, yeah. I think it's a potential top ten for me, if I'm honest. But you there know, you yeah. Now, I, 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 you know, again, if we talk about things that don't work so well, it's not that it doesn't work so well. I, I do acknowledge when I listen to it, you know, the songwriting is very formulaic. Okay, it's not reinventing the wheel. These are rock and roll tunes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, but it's the charisma that carries it, and those choruses that carry it. It's just like it's it's that it's rock and roll done really, really well. Yeah, it's it's distilled down to its uh, you know its most exciting form, really. Yeah, and and I I am one hundred percent fine with that. 
Yep. Yeah, completely, completely. So, so there you go. That's that's the uh, the uh, the in your best opinion then, really. Isn't it? It's it's a cracking album. It's top ten, potentially top twenty. Check it out. Go buy it. And and I urge you two now to go listen to the debut as well. Well, it has. Oh, it, it completely well, inspired me to go back and listen to some new stuff that I might have missed out on. You know. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm I'm probably gonna have to recheck out Stone Sour. I think. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? That might be a good shout because I've. I've I've never sort of taken to them, so yeah, there, there might be something in that. We'll uh, we'll give it a go, but for the minute, um, yeah, 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 we'll just keep enjoying this one, and um, and yeah, when it comes out on Friday, I'll probably get my hands on the vinyl. So there you go. Um, right, that's it. That's it. Nice and short. Um, thanks for listening. Next week or next up this week, whatever day this episode drops, um, we're going to uh, wax a bit lyrical about riffs, the first riffs, the best riffs, the filthiest riffs. The heaviest riffs, the underrated riffs, just fucking riffs. So that's what's coming up next week. But for the minute, thank you for listening. And uh, thank you, gents, for your Sunday evening in a sweat box. And uh, we'll see you next week. Stay metal. Cheers.